morning, everybody. How are you? What's going on? Good morning. I almost forgot to say hi. I was grooving. Grooving. Thank we are you. getting we are getting a bit That's of a exciting late, stuff. We are getting a bit of a late start to today because today for me was trunk drop off at town. How did it go? Um, drop off went great. They did milk us for another six hundred bucks, three hundred bucks each wow. kit, three hundred bucks for each kid for trip days. They have three trip days each. Of course. Oh yeah, of course. Right. So they need cash. So they're like, oh, it's three hundred each kid. And I looked at her. I said, like, I wanted to say. Fuck you. I've written three checks to you over the course of the year with commas in them that make me want to vomit. And I are, uh, e, uh, so we did it because, you know, I didn't have a choice. So we left another chunk of change today. Um, and the trunks that Ethan had no role in packing because, yes, he is still in Japan. And this morning's news said there was an earthquake in Japan. Oh, good. Well, luckily he's in the water. Well, that's the other thing. That's when I shit my pants when I heard that. And then I thought, if this brought about a tsunami, it's okay if he's in a boat, right? I mean, it's being on land when the water pulls out and then crashes over you that it totally sucks to be you. But if you're already on a boat, that's not good? Good? I don't know. He's fine is my answer. that's not ideal. But I think the worst that could happen, and I could be wrong, is that he'll be really seasick. I could deal with it. I mean, why do I care? Yeah, I could deal with him being really seasick as long as he's really still alive. I'm sure he's still alive, just seasick as hell. I mean, because we went, I was on a cruise right after Hurricane Katrina. It was my first honeymoon, I believe. And I was nauseous as hell. And then I went on a boat again right out. No, that was 2001. That was Hurricane Katrina. The first one. It was just like hurricane season and the waters are really choppy. In fact, I don't think I've ever been on a cruise where I wasn't violently nauseous. Oh, no. So you'll never go again. I mean, I guess I would, but I'm, I was not. I mean, it hasn't been since t- 2003 and I have not been in a hurry. I would go again, though. It just depends on what cruise it is. Like, I wouldn't mind not being in the Caribbean in September, is all I'm saying. Oh, yeah, that's the worst. That's the absolute yeah, worst. Yeah, it's the worst. And I don't have sea legs. I have no... Yeah, I don't have any kind of ability to control my stomach in that kind of situation. And doesn't everybody have a cure? Not that you asked me, but doesn't everybody have a cure for oh, you're seasick, so not that you asked me, but I have this thing I stick behind my ear, or I have this yeah. bracelet that I wear, or try ginger ale, or you know what? You're not going to stop my hiccups. You're not going to stop my seasickness. Get the fuck away from me. I'll be fine. The only thing that worked was I got, you know, when you're on a cruise, you can get a reef, like you can buy like a cup and it can be refillable at any, you know, little stop along the way. And I just had it continuously to the brim with ginger ale and I was just sucking on it constantly. I'm sure I came home with like 17 cavities, but whatever. I couldn't function otherwise. And that's how I got diabetes because I had to go on a cruise <laughs> for I have, my honeymoon. I mean, you know, that ju- the jury's out on that, but and you know. that is how I got diabetes. Yeah, that's that's uh that ginger. I mean, there are other ways other than soda to get ginger, but yes, that has been the most helpful for my kid. Um, so maybe he is having that at dinner with his grandparents nightly. I have no idea what's going on. I control nothing. Oh, Triple Berry Deer Park is that good? Sparkling water, no calorie, no sweetener. It's really good. 
I've never tried that. And I think I get a Deer Park deliver. I think that's who delivers our water. So I can have that delivered to my house with our next water delivery. Ask for it. I'm going to try that. Ask for it by name. By name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I saw a video of your delicious son playing in the pool this weekend and I just, I just can't stand it. Although I do not have the energy to have a three-year-old again, I love watching him. You were at the JCC. I don't either. I was at the JCC <laughs> pool. It was really fun. It's basically the only time I can entertain him without sweating as if we're at the pool because I don't have to sweat my clothes off. But like... It's still really hard. Like I see like when we go in the big pool, he kind of like putters around. I pick him up a little bit. But like I see other parents like throwing their children into the water and like who's got the energy for that? Like I. Are they much younger than us? Is that what you're talking about? Young people doing that? Because I did that when my kids were young. Young. I did it when I was 25 and they were, you know, three and four. But now that I'm 43. You need He's a mother's heavy. helper. You need a mother's helper. You need He's somebody who's going to play Bazingo, Marco Polo with them. You need somebody who's yeah. going to do that. Do you have a neighbor? Oh my God. So he, I haven't, I, I do. I have two, I had two fucking teenagers is what I had. That was my hell mother's helper. Those were supposed to be my mother's helpers, those little shits. As soon as I got pregnant, Nate moved in with his father and Emily got sick and then she's gone. So like. Everything I thought was going to be happening while he was three, four, seven, ten is all the opposite. It's all landing on me. And I'm lazy. Sounds about right. That sounds about right. super lazy. Super lazy. I'm working on it. You know, the thing about the JCC is that there's a big ass gym. So like, even if they are my age, most people are like in shape because they go to the gym here, which I guess I should really get my let out and do it. So I bought him a shark, like a, a scuba mask. And it was a shark. We couldn't get it on his big old head, but like we like tried to rearrange it. Anyway, it took too long and he just got bored, but he wanted it because he was like, oh, good. Now I can be a scoopy diaper. And I was like, a what now? A what? Sc- a scoopy diaper. Yeah, I don't I know what like, that is. Scuba diver. A scuba diver. Well, that's adorable. A scoopy diaper. Scoopy diaper. diaper. <laughs> All right. I went I another like, way. What are we saying now? Oh, scuba diver. That's yeah, terrible. I didn't know what he meant. Yeah, it was so cute. That morning, I kicked him out of my bathroom because he was causing trouble. Like, I don't know why, but like he gets on these kicks where like as soon as I go in to put my contact lenses on, he's got to like be pulling on my arm and like, you know, touching all my makeup and stuff. So I go, Isaac. If you're just going to cause trouble, you're not welcome in my bathroom. Get out of my bathroom. And he goes, but mom, I want to cause trouble. <laughs> you stinker. You I like, stinker. I, was, I laughed, but I was like, get out. Well, trouble's what's fun for him. So, of course, he wants to cause trouble. That's enjoyable. That's it gets so a reaction. Annoying. Stuart's so the same way. Stuart always says, well, any reaction is, well, any attention is good attention. I'll take whatever attention you give me. And I'm like, no, I'm yelling at you. I'm, I'm, stop, go away. He's like, I don't care. You're still paying attention to me. It's sad. I mean, it's annoying, like, <laughs> it's really because sad. then I spend six hours with him at the pool. Then I come home and he's still up my ass. It's like, I, you know, stop stalking me. 
He's such a stalker, this one. Let's have some downtime, son. Why don't you sit down? Why don't I staple you to the floor in front yeah. of the TV? God. I mean, six hours outside, it's totally legal to slap him up on the couch in front of the TV for an hour and a half, two hours, and hope he falls asleep. Yeah. And then put him to, and then put him to bed. <laughs> he drives me crazy. That's There's nothing job. I can do about it. He just drives me up a flippity wall. But he's still right. delightful. I can't complain about him. So let let me ask you. So he's still full of energy. I saw a news story about a mother in Kansas who took her two children to a museum. And at the museum, she's holding one of the kids and the other one's kind of all over the place. I don't know to what degree she was parenting, but this kid crawled up a platform and grabbed a hold of a bust, a statue, and yanked at it and pulled it off. And they both fell off the podium <gasps> and the statue shattered. Oh, my God. It kind of landed on him and then rolled on. And it, it, it shattered. He broke this statue. This is on the news. So... I guess, I mean, I don't know. There was a report file. The woman goes home. I don't know to what degree she complained. I don't think the kid was hurt. It was never mentioned in the story, not even in the mother's defense. And in the mail, there is a bill to the mother for $132,000 from the insurance company for her to pay for the statue. Mm -hmm. Thoughts? The comment, wait, the comment on the insurance company's letter said that her she was negligent because she was not parenting her child if that were true then we would have blamed the parent for that gorilla eating that kid okay right we're talking about harambe i mean harambe didn't eat the kid the one that grabbed that four-year-old and people were like the parents oh he fell into the they still shot the gorilla they did shoot the gorilla but he did fall. You're right. He fell into that cage. But wait, go back first, and then we will talk about how stupid that kid's parents were. But first, first the museum. <laughs> is, is she responsible because of her negligent parenting? I, I mean, have you ever let your kid... Ethan sent me a video from Japan where, where he's five, where he's petting a deer. And he said, Mom, don't lose your shit, but I'm sending you a picture of me petting wildlife. And he said, don't worry. I pureled afterwards. Like... My kids know you don't go near wild things that could bite you, things that are dangerous. That's like a $100,000 pyramid of things. Things mommy doesn't let me near. Animals, wildlife, goats. Five years ago, I would have said the parents are completely responsible and negligent. But then I had Isaac. And he does get away from you. Even if you're two, three, five steps ahead, like... Not only does he get away from me, but he finds it hilarious when I tell him, no, you're going to get hurt to disregard what I'm saying. So like now that I'm the parent of a child who enjoys not listening to me, I have to say it's possible the parents did everything they could. It just didn't work out. Still means kind of does mean the parents are responsible. Like if you can't control your kid in a museum, don't take your kid to the museum. If you thought that your kid was going to be... I mean, yeah, Meryl put Scott on a leash. <laughs> well, right. she controlled him. I respect As much as I'm horrified by the fact that your husband needed to be leashed, I, I understand if you're going to an airport or, or an Eagles game yeah. where it's crowds of people and yeah. you could lose your kid or it could fall into yeah. a gorilla cage, 
you have to be more responsible. See, that's the thing. My kid, when we go to the zoo, and even if he's five, regardless of whether or not he wants to, he'll be in a stroller until he can fucking behave himself. Yes, yes, stroller. So why wasn't this kid in a stroller? It's not a leash, but it does kind of keep them from breaking shit. Well, because parents think that they be say say, well, you know, kids are kids, and and meanwhile, this insurance company is going to be out one hundred thirty two thousand dollars, and they want to they want to collect. They're a business. They they want to you know because you didn't control your child. Okay, so as we record this, it's on a Monday. Yesterday was Father's Day, and I was taken out to breakfast to a place in uh, New Jersey, which was called Amy's, and they have like over two hundred omelets, and I ate an omelet yesterday Uh the size of a car battery. So Uh in my I was trying to enjoy to my what a meal. Visual. While I was trying to enjoy my meal, there was one family there that had, I don't know, I would say three generations, a grandfather, a father, and then their little minions. And those kids, after they got done eating, they were just running around and banging into things and, and stuff like that. And the parents were like, you would think that they were at Chuck E. Cheese. Like, they didn't even pay attention to these kids. Meanwhile, they're running around, and you just like you want to stick your foot out and trip one of them. I mean, I know, but John, so I don't like, want to hear but John. I, I really don't want to hear but John because I don't care. When I was a kid, we had to sit there and shut up. If not, we were taken out to the car and we didn't eat. And yeah, just John. because we've got away from that now, no, I do not accept the fact that it's like, oh well, kids are kids. No, how you had them. You the their behavior? How much of their behavior exactly? So I have two questions. How much of their behavior is the parent's responsibility? 100%. And, no, I mean, there are lessons to be learned, and obviously children are going to make mistakes. But, like, you know, so, like, after That's the one time Emily after the one time Emily told me that the waiters at the Chinese restaurant were not from Delaware, she did not do that again. Okay. But what I'm saying is, like, okay, but, okay, Isaac at the pool this weekend, he doesn't. He does not take toys from other kids. He's not a bully. He goes up to straight adults he does not know and either asks them to play with him, like even though I'm sitting there totally willing to play with him, or he just starts playing with a kid without introducing himself. He asks adults, what's your name? And then proceeds to play with him, sometimes hitting them in the crotch. He just thinks it's funny to like wave a noodle and try and hit adults in the crotch with it. And it's like, I'm telling him to stop. I'm taking it away. But I, you know, but like he's still him and I'm still me. I cannot move his arms and legs for him. Okay, let me give you the middle of the road here. Because my kids, like, the, like yours, the first the first round of parenting you did, if I took my kids to a museum, before we went to the museum, I knew what was there, and I had a scavenger hunt for them to do. It focused them on what they were doing, If and we said, here are these 10 things we need to do, and I knew when my kids were hitting a wall that they I was losing their attention. I mean, I had a pro... I, Again, you're going to tell me I'm too controlling, but I made sure they did not knock shit over. And I made sure that if we went find 17 rectangles and tell me what they are, there is an exhibit for this new yeah, shell yeah, at the yeah. Shell Museum. So I had over expensive very, shit. very pointed better. things for them to do. And for John, when we were in a restaurant, we would eat and we would they would behave. And then, of course, they always served the kids first for some reason, which made me crazy. Um, and they were done and we just got served. And I would open up a fucking dvd player because those other people came to this restaurant to eat and they did not come to get smacked in the back of the chair by these lunatic kids running around and i think there is very 
a very big problem with parenting now, but when I go to public places with my children, if it's to see a family party, my kids know you make eye contact with adults, you ask them five or six questions, you get the answers, you ask, like, we have always told them, be fucking human. And only now when my kids are in their phones, it starts to make me crazy, but they're not disrupting or breaking or it is annoying that they're losing social skills. You're 100% right. Isaac doesn't do those things either. But if you're saying like, I'm 100% responsible for everything he does. I mean, he's three. He's still learning. They're five. They're still learning like how to be in the world with other people. I mean, and then and then how old do they have to be before you're a little less responsible for what they're doing when they're not in your care? 18. Yeah, when they when you do something and they've shown that they can be held responsible, when you take them somewhere and they show that responsibility, otherwise, clip that fucker in a stroller. You said it. Get yourself a double stroller for those crackheads. Like they definitely belonged clipped in. If you know you have a climber, I mean, if you know your kid yeah, is going to, you cl- should if know. You, yeah, yeah. You know your kid. If he climbs runner. the top of the toilet and a runner. That's why your husband was on a GD leash for however long. Yeah, I mean, Scott was a runner, but you saw Isaac at the restaurant. He just. He will sit and order his own meal and take 20 minutes until the waitress is like, what do you mean you want mac and cheese and a hot dog? This is P.F. Chang's. Like, <laughs> stop talking. Right. I'm like, Isaac, stop talking and let someone else order. Shush. So how much does Isaac like the pool? He is obsessed with the pool. So to say the next time that you smack somebody in the low-hanging fruit with a noodle, you're not We're going to the here. pool anymore. We're done. You well, pick them so up and you're that's done. That's how I got him to stop. I said, do you okay. want to go home? No. Do you need a timeout? No. And there were a couple of times I had to sit him on the side until he could behave himself. I wonder if you asked the guy whose nuts got smacked with the noodle if he wanted him to go it home or have a timeout. And they were all, okay. no, they were like, Just he's fine. I mean, everyone's there with other small children. Okay. So they're like not worried about it. But I'm like, no, but I'm worried about it. Don't tell him it's fine. It's right. not fine. John, you do not want to involve other people in a situation in parenting your children because no, then I'm you're going to. I'm just gonna... saying, I was, I was being. That's true. Whatever I was being. I don't even know what the word is. Facetious? Maybe. Yes. So what I'm saying is that, you know, you're saying, you're asking a child, do you want to go home? Of course they don't want to go home. They want to hit that guy in the nuts again with this noodle. Then knock it the fuck off, or I swear to God, right. we are getting in that car right now, and you are out of here. Do you understand yeah. me? Yeah. That is pretty much how it went. And mm-hmm. he was fine after that. He didn't do it anymore. Well, then it's also, Stuart's big deal, Stuart's big point is, Melissa, you need to set the expectation with the kids. So he'll line them up, and he'll say, here's what I expect of you today. I expect you to keep your hands to yourself. I want you to play nicely in the pool. And if I see, and if you don't meet my expectations, if I see you hitting people, the second I see you do that, we're leaving. As long as they know, and I still, and this is why you will make fun of me, I still say, look, I know you're going out and we're going to hang out with so-and-so is family. I know their kids are wildly crazy or self-centered or don't share well or whatever the dysfunction is of that family. I understand that's where you are. Here's what I want to see from you and then come sit with us. And once you're sitting with us, the grownups will leave because we will have taken that as a sign that their kids are unbearable. You've done the most you can with what you have. And then they, then we also have a responsibility. We've crossed over to the point where we shouldn't be making our kids because we like the parents hang out with their, these other people's children 
who are selfish, who are rude, who don't even talk to them, who don't ask, they sit there, my kids will be like, so are you playing sports? Are you doing this? And nothing back, not a single question. And and they're like, what am, who am I talking to here? So forget it, we're out. Or they don't share the controller for the stupid gaming system they're using. No judgment. So is the answer that she is responsible for that $132,000? Is that what we're saying? It's mostly her responsibility, so she should have to pay it? Yeah. John says yes. Yeah, you're struggling. I'm struggling because I, I know kids are a pain in the ass, but I mean... Something's broken. Am, how can they be expected to pay all that? No family of small children has that kind of money sitting around. Yeah. Not a lot of them. So that's, that's a, like John said, you learn those lessons at home. This is a very painful lesson to learn. I don't know how. Set up a payment plan. I don't know what to tell you. I'll give you 10 bucks a week. Here's the other thing, too. If people hear on the news that a family just got hit with a $132,000 bill that they have to pay because they went to a museum and their child mm-hmm. knocked something over, then maybe other people will go to a museum and say, you know what? We're not taking our kids because I don't want to spend uh, – a two-year salary on a <laughs> on a bust a of somebody that I don't even of a dead guy. Okay, that I don't want to shame if people stop going to museums. That would be a shame. No, but just prepare your children a little better because of yes. that story. Yes. So that's bad parenting. Let's five. go back to five. What is a five-year-old doing in an art museum? It's true. The museum so- said. Well, that's true. The museum said that the sculpture was secured, but it wasn't secured. Like, it was secured on this base. It wasn't secured for somebody to climb up the base and shake it. It's like a column with the, with the bus on top and yank it off. I mean... I'm saying there were many opportunities for this kid to have been stopped. Walking towards the sculpture. I'm getting, getting hives. too close to the sculpture. Yeah. <laughs> starting to reach up for the sculpture like all these things could not have happened in 30 seconds there was ample time for you to wrangle your kid in so yeah i think they're responsible you know what i think they're responsible just so you and know I think the parent is responsible for the damn gorilla too no. just so you know there's a video online of the kid well, cra- why crawling did you wait so long why <laughs> why did i bury it? the I lead yeah, I knew you would. Um, yeah, there's it's a security video. It watches the mother's not looking. She's holding another kid. This kid goes over, climbs up the column, and pulls this big face off a off a pillar. Show and me. I, no, you show you. Um, and I thought she's not looking at him. Oh God, she's not looking at him. Oh my God, here it comes, and and he goes down and and ruins the statue. Well, maybe the insurance company took a look at that same video and said, you know what, this is on the parents. He was not being paid attention to. Let me see. I got to see it now. So sculpture fell on them. The insurance company charge. Failure, to, failure to monitor your child. You are negligent. Uh, I think parenting is so hard. The thing is you set yourself up for success. Like even going to the supermarket with the kids when they were no longer in the cart, I would say, okay, what, here's your list. You need bananas and apples. And this kid would go like you just – I know it sucks to constantly be on and working and programming for your kids. And maybe it's because I was a teacher when I was that young and, and taking care of kids. But I – you just got to do it. You just – I can't believe you waited this long to show me. Okay, there's the kid. Or you don't take them with you. Farting around, running in the museum. Already I'm pissed because the kid's running. (laughs) Already. There's two of them. Well, isn't she holding one of them? I think I remember her holding one of them. No, there's two running. 
Oh. They're farting around for a, quite a long period of time. Now they're running from one sculpture to another. One fell. Now they're running again to the other side. Still no parent paying attention whatsoever. Right. So they're animals. That's Still no saying? parent. I'm saying the parents, she's not fucking paying attention at all. I don't see her holding a so, baby. So John's right. What they're saying is she was negligent. Yeah. Here he goes. Climbing up. Not just negligent for this moment, but like this is a how long? It's a minute already that she's not been paying attention. Here comes the statue. Still nothing. It hasn't fallen yet. He puts it back and kapoosh. <laughs> now she's paying attention. Now she gets up. She was reading a fucking magazine or something. All right, so that's de- so. So they interview She's her on the news. Definitely responsible. She was right fucking there, watching inter- her kids run in and out of the room, in and out, in and out. When they interview her, she said, "It's their responsibility, not mine." I'm like, uh, 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 uh what? No, yeah. I clearly see she's. She, first of all, she's letting the, her kid run in and out of the room in a museum where obviously they have some pretty like. Expensive shit. Well, $132,000. You know, here's the other thing, too. You know what I would say? If I had a museum like that, I wouldn't let children under 10 in a museum. No. She was sitting on a couch, either talking to the woman next to her or reading something. Clearly not watching. You look, open the video. You can see the kids going, running, running, running. First of all, what does a five, what is a five-year-old going to get out of being in a museum? Nothing. What does yeah, it say? Gonna... It says community center. Maybe it says a community center. Look, here's Kansas what I know. Kansas Museum. Oh, so here's what I know. She was furious when she got that letter. How dare they charge us? And I think oh, she's yeah. way, they way off base. It. I think she's way off base. because, And it's they just do. the beginning because if she's going to continue parenting like this, it doesn't get better. <laughs> I'm telling you. No, if you're not going to parent, it doesn't get better. It's just the beginning of your bills. Shame on her. I don't know why she thought her kids could behave in a room like this. It's basically an empty fucking room. Right. It's an empty room. What did she expect her children to do besides run? Oh, my God. And then the thing is, people just think that their kids are allowed to do anything they want. And nobody's responsible. Yeah, she's a moron. Sorry. She's a fucking idiot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, Isaac I would have never that. be allowed to do that. Right. The things that Isaac does are, are quiet teaching moments where you could say, here's an action. Here's a consequence. Had, I mean, they've already passed the action consequence section when there's running and knocking, climbing and knocking over. For There are no consequences for these kids, but now their parents have a consequence. Will that change Anything in her parenting from here on? Probably not. One can hope, but probably not. Because I think people who are negligent are just negligent. When my children were, I had four children under the age of four. So I guess the youngest ones were like three. And John used to like to work on our walls like uh, Leroy Newman. All right. He would get a crayon (laughs) and he would just go crazy on the wall. And I would come home from work and I'm like, wow. Now, that's a nice piece of art there. And I would say to his mother, <laughs> oh my God, how did this happen? And she goes, well, I, I he you know, I wasn't paying attention. And I said, OK, I, this is a considerable piece of work here. I mean, several <laughs> colors, <laughs> there's texture. This took time. What, right. How does this happen? Well, uh, OK, 
So, you know, you know, got to get the clean it up and then repaint the wall. This happened several times. So finally, I went in and I took every crayon and I threw them in the trash. I said, that's enough of this. There will be no more crayons in this house until somebody can stop crayoning on the walls. Well, you would think that I was like Donald Trump. I mean, yeah. they hated me. And I said, you don't have to paint the walls, okay? You don't have yeah. to clean up this mess. And they continue to do it. There is no correction. Let me tell you something. It was months before we were uh, a crayon was allowed back in that house. And when, it, when they did, I said, next time there's a crayon crayon mark on the wall there will be no more crayons and we never had a problem with the burnt hand teaches best that's right that's the problem oh good god that's definitely taking it farther than i yeah i would take away i don't think he's i didn't i didn't make that up i didn't make that up no i know i know you're i know you didn't but that phrase makes me a little bit crazy there is a way to set your kids up with crayons at the kitchen table and leave the crayons to be only used at the kitchen table when drawing my kids aren't allowed to eat outside of the kitchen so that's where food happens. Guess what? Drawing happens at the kitchen table or the dining room table or wherever you say there to use crayons. I have to say that that saying is rather accurate because Scott Kupferman is a child who decided he did not like the way his mother was scrambling his eggs at age three or four and decided to get a stool while she was doing something when the eggs were on the stove. Maybe she had just finished them. And touched the pan with his bare hand, burned his hand. Guess what? He never did that again. Would you like to know how many times he she told him, get away from the stove, get away from the eggs, don't touch that? Thousand. The burnt hand taught him the lesson, not anything else. Right. Unfortunately, you try to steer your children because you have experience. You've experienced these things. You're trying to steer your children to do something so they don't get hurt. But sometimes they don't, they don't care and they want to get hurt. So unfortunately, they get hurt. Or what I like to say is what it is is actually where the gene pool cleanses itself. The truly stupid kill themselves. It's the tide. It's the Tide Pods all over again. Yes. Go ahead. Eat yeah. that. Bye bye. True. Right. You know what? So true. You're not supposed to eat that. Oh yeah, but I'm going to eat it anyhow. Watch this. Oh. Oh. You know who else won't eat one anymore? Anybody left alive in the room because they watched yeah, the guy die eating a right. Tide Pod. All right. They're like, yeah. wow. You know what? I'm not doing that. So, yeah. again, it's we, I was out, like I said, I was out at breakfast this weekend. And when I got done, I was like, you know what? I'm never going out to breakfast on a holiday again. It's You're not, an idiot. Everyone knows that rule. And listen, I didn't want to go. My daughter's like, look, we're going to go here. And I said, I'd rather not. She's like, I said, it's not going to be fun. It's going to be packed. We had to wait an hour. I'm, I'm sweating outside. It was hot. And we it was go so in. So hot yesterday. Yeah. Oh my I walk, God. yeah, I walk in and the air conditioning is fine. Okay, we finally sit down, we get something to eat. And, and don't look at me long. The omelet was delicious. It was nice. We had a good time. But, you know, going out on Father's Day, Mother's Day, Valentine's Day, it's ridiculous. It's horrible. I agree. I've learned my lesson. I've been burnt many times, especially Mother's Day. What a nightmare. Everyone and their mother wants to go to some kind of, literally, wants to go to some kind of foofy brunch. Right. I just don't need it. Mallory Mallory made an omelet for Stuart yesterday that was so beautiful. I think he helped her a little, but it was so beautiful and it was nice. so delicious that I had to mooch off of it a little. It was so great. We did, you would appreciate this, we did a day of stew yesterday. We did an entire schedule for him because you know boy needs his activities. So we had programming, thing after thing after thing. And I programmed in 
packed the freaking cars with the camp trunks and I programmed in a nap. But as long as it was in there in the program, it was fine with him. Okay. Oh my God. I programmed some things. He vetoed all of them. Oh. Today's his first day back to work after, I mean, it's probably been like six months, maybe four to six months. So he's been like, you know, all hyped up about it. So my dad spent the night Saturday night. He was here Sunday morning. Um, I thought, what's an activity that will keep his mind off the nerves he has going back to work? Let's go see The Incredibles. He likes The Incredibles 1. Nate will be here. He'll watch that. Isaac will watch that. It won't kill me. All day he hemmed and hawed. I don't know if I feel like I bought the tickets from Fandango. I'm not sure if I'm up for it. It's my head, my this, my that. And I was like, okay, well, I could just take them to the pool. Well, no, I don't really, you know, I don't want to be alone on Father's Day either. And I'm like, so we should just all sit here in the house on a 90 degree day and stare at each other. Is that your idea? He was like, I mean... I don't know. I'm not sure what else to do. I end up around one o'clock taking Isaac to Chuck E. Cheese because I had run out of patience and it was, and I was, you know, what, not sure if he wanted to go to the movie or not, which was 530. So I couldn't get him wet. I would have gone to the pool, but I, I couldn't get him wet and then change him in the night. You know, if we were just going to go to the movie theater, he would have frozen his little toes off. So yeah, I ended up taking him to Chuck E. Cheese. And then he's like, you know what? I'd really like if you could just pick up sushi on the way home. So, yeah, that was my day. Waiting for him to decide and then being pissed when he did. <laughs> that was pretty much my whole day. I was so annoyed. And he was like, at the end of the day, he's like, I'm sorry that this Father's Day, you know, wasn't what you wanted, but it was the one that I wanted. And I was like, then that's all that matters. It's your day, I buddy. I said, it's all that matters. I don't care. I don't care. And I didn't really care. I just wish he would have been forthright because now I have to get a Fandango credit. I want to go see The Incredibles, too. It sounds like it's a really good movie. I yeah, love the first one. Yeah, it seems like one. it'll be fun. I have to see the first one first, don't I? I've only seen, like, seen I don't the even know the end first? of it. I've seen it a billion times, but just never the end. I don't even know how it ends. I really don't. <laughs> they save the day. I've only seen the beginning. I'm assuming. Right. Yeah, they save the day. They save the day, yeah. Yeah. Um, I did. See, I did see Oceans Eight. I saw Oceans Eight. Didn't I see? It? Did I tell you that before? Um, oh, I'm dying to see that. It was cute. Mallory loved it. But I went to a concert Saturday night. I saw Paul Simon concert, and this is his last. It's his last hurrah. It's called his final tour, called the Homeward Bound tour. And uh, he must. He must have sung like 27, 25, 27 songs, and it was amazing his voice is still like butter he's still so great and i was and i was curious uh to ask both of you what was the very first concert you've ever seen and what was the best concert you've ever seen first and best i think you can probably guess what my first one was if not then that's fine mine was hall and oats Oh, I'm jealous. Which was amazing because that was my first experience with live stadium music. It was so great. I can't imagine what your first one would be. I mean, not a small band at an indie club, but like an actual big ass concert. concert. Yeah, yeah. It is Rush, Roll the Bones. The Roll the Bones tour. So you were Um, a Rush fan before you got married? Oh, yeah. My first boyfriend was a Rush fan also. My God, I can't stand Rush. I'm attracted to him. God, I don't like Rush Their either. music's horrible. <laughs> you um, should tell that to Scott. My 
second one, I think, and these are intertwined, so I can't remember which one was actually was Indigo Girls. Oh, yeah, I've seen them a bunch too. They're great. What about you, John? Bad Company. Bad Company. Desolation Angels Tour. And your favorite? Bad Company. Oh, I didn't tell you my favorite. Oh my god, my favorite. That would be hard to pick. I, I you know, I saw Journey about six or seven times. They they put on a phenomenal show. I'd have to say one of one of the Journey concerts. Journey. I saw Journey when it was the guy, not the Asian guy, but the other Steve, Steve not Perry. Steve Perry, not Steve Perry, the one after him, but not the Asian guy. Oh, it was quite good. I heard that Filipino guy was slamming. I heard he was the best. He's pretty good from what I hear, but I, I didn't see the Filipino. It was the one before him. All right, so my favorite. Every time I saw them, it was Steve Perry. That's how old I am. I may have a few favorites, I think. Um, I don't know that I can choose. Yeah, Elton John was amazing. Never seen anyone like that. I wish I had. Janet Jackson was really good. Whoops, sorry. Um, Janet Jackson was really... Wait, it's moving without my permission. Hold on. Um, Janet Jackson was really good. And then I saw Lenny Kravitz and Blind Melon at UD, and that was so much fun. I loved it. They might be giants. We're at the uh, at University of Delaware, and we were at the uh, Stone Balloon for the concert. And then there was a fire drill, something, and we all had to leave. Mm-hmm. And I was standing outside with They Might Be Giants, and it was so cool because I was also managing a store across the street from the venue. And I'm like, "Come in here, I'll get you guys sweatshirts." Like, come over here, don't I worry. remember that job. Here. That was yeah, so I lo- funny. I love that gig. That was a good gig. Another favorite was um, Dave Matthews Band. I used to love going to the Dave Matthews Band shows. That was so fun. It was always a nice evening. Like the weather was always really good. Did you go to the Horde tour, Melissa? Never. It was the Black Crows, Blues Traveler, Dave Matthews. It was really good. That sounds Um, amazing. It was so amazing. And then I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I like sticks out. Oh, my God. The most recent one, Green Day. That was so much fun. Green Day was awesome in concert. Really? Yes. I would go see them again in RP. That's it. I'm done. In 1982, I was sleeping over a friend from camp, her house in Queens. And she said her parents went to sleep. And she said, come on, my sibling and their partner are going out. Let's, let's go for a ride. I was like 10. I was 10 years old. We wound up in Central Park at oh. the Simon and Garfunkel concert. Oh. And goodness. if I only knew to appreciate it, I was terrified because there were just seas of people everywhere. Yeah. And I, I didn't, but I heard amazing music and I smelled a lot of pot. I don't think I knew what it was at the time. <laughs> but yep. we, were, we were out and I just thought, I wonder if I'm ever going to get home, which is also coincidentally how I felt at your wedding because we wound up going, Crit and I, somehow we got a ride and dropped off, but we didn't know where her friend lived. We didn't know how we were getting home. So some of the best times I've had have been mysteries on if or how or if I'm ever going to get home. That's very true. So that was, uh, but I, I wish I really appreciated it because I've seen them, Simon and Garfunkel and Paul Simon about, 20 times now and I 
I'm sad that the tour is over. And when we're done recording, I'm going to look up when he's going to be at the theater at Madison Square Garden. And I'll probably go to New York and watch one, of, one more of his shows on this tour. And sadly... Mm-hmm. His last show is in London on July 15th, and I will be arriving in London on July 20th. So I'm five days oh. late, right? So I would have loved Dang. to have seen him on his very last show, but he's he's my favorite. He's just my favorite. And what my hugely funny story – I always think – I talked about this when I met Dulé Hill at the beginning of this podcasting excursion for Jimmy. us that – what do you say if you get to meet uh, a celebrity that you really respect their work, that you love, that you just are crushing on? Like, what What do you say to them without just sounding like any other idiot who's like, you're so great. Uh, I think you're the best. You're an idiot. Like, I don't want to sound like an idiot. But Stuart's father told Tom and Jerry at the time, but Simon and Garfunkel, that they shouldn't quit their day jobs because he was their youth group advisor in their, at their youth group. And he said, you guys do not have a career in music. Stick to stick to school or stick to whatever. So my father-in-law is a visionary. I'll tell you that. And um, my Wait. in-laws knew them when they were kids. This is the second story you buried the lead in. <laughs> so your father-in-law yeah. knew Simon and Garfunkel yeah, when, when they were- he was com- their advisor. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yeah, it's not amazing that he knew them. They're the same age. It's amazing that he told them to give up music because it would never take them anywhere. That's the great part. So if I ever got to meet Paul Simon, I would sit with him and say, you had this youth advisor who had no faith in you, and I I married his son. <laughs> so, Whoa. And he, yeah, that, that, was, that would have been my claim. Right. Well, yeah, because I would have said, remember that guy that told you you would never make it? Want to have dinner at my house? And you, wanna, then, you wanna see him now? Yeah, wanna see him now? Like you wanna you come shove over? Shove it in his face. I, I definitely right. would do that, yes. I would invite him That's over right. for dinner. Yeah, take a picture of your last royalty check and bring it to dinner. Just the picture. Bring it to dinner. Come on over. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah, that's, a, it's that's crazy. amazing. It's crazy. And I'm sorry, I'm a big fan of burying the lead. It's just to make sure you're still paying attention. <laughs> I throw it out at the end of the story. And by the way, you'll just hang on to my every word. Yeah, that is uh, the amazing part of the story. Not that, well, mm-hmm. I mean, I understand. I don't know. I never, I don't get starstruck by celebrities. So I, I don't know. I would just say, yo, Paul, what's up? Big fan. That's, that's what I would do. And I would just keep on moving. Maybe you're way cooler than I am because, I asked. you know, I had, I had a hint of plastic surgery at 16 and his song, I Am a Rock. Like music for me has played such a huge role at different times of my life it's been so powerful and so motivating and healing and devastating and it's just so powerful to me that to meet somebody who played that role for me is is just huge it's i can't even it's just colossal there's just no way i could explain without sounding like i feel i am now like a complete idiot saying your music has gotten me through a breakup that I thought would kill me, that has gotten me through being so nervous for, for something I wasn't sure about, that I thought I just wouldn't make it to the next day. I, I just, that I vomited through it. But you, like, there are so many times yeah. that music has played that role that I couldn't even express without sounding ridiculous, like now. So I, I, I get nervous. I don't know what to say. I love you. Comes out. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I just sound creepy instead of instead of really awestruck. Yeah, I mean, I think picking out a specific thing. Like I met this comedian last Friday night. 
I love him. Um, Chris D'Elia. Yeah, Chris D'Elia. I love him. Rather than be like, oh my God, I love you. I was just like, we have been watching you since glory days and we thought your character Stankowski was so funny. And he was like, oh my God, that was like nine years ago. Like that's a specific thing. So like also when I met Jesse Tyler Ferguson, I said my favorite episode um, is Fizbo. I love Fizbo. Fizbo. He said, and I said, what's yours? And he said his favorite episode was when he dressed up as Spider-Man over his suit. The muscles, the muscly Spider-Man. It was a Halloween one. I remember that one. Now no one else dressed it. up. It's a Halloween one where like he was told to dress up and they all changed their mind. Don't tell him. So he shows up in muscly Spider-Man. <laughs> no one else is dressed up. So he threw a suit on. He stays in the bathroom then throws a suit on over the Spider-Man. Now he's like muscly Mitchell. It was really funny. Yeah, because everybody's are- suit would fit over a muscly uh, costume. No way! It was looked ridiculous. That's the oh. point. It was ridiculous. Hilarious. I love that show. You know, it's funny. Uh, here's the thing. Well, I saw Chris D'Elia on the the show with Whitney Cummings when he, she was his, uh, he was. I her love boyfriend. that show. They did that live the whole second half. I like that show. I, I like that show. Okay, then he did that stupid show with uh, the Undateable, and it annoyed me. I couldn't stand that show. And it was so, live, though. I that's that the was one so I was impressive. talking about. I, I, I loved that one because it was funny and the bare naked ladies were on it. Like, it was great. It was yeah, I was show. just always expecting something to get fucked up. It was very wrong. exciting. Okay. So then I started like following him on social media and I was like, I had to stop. I had to unfollow him. Where Whitney Cummings, I'm not really crazy about her comedy, but. Oh, that was a funny show, too. Right. But I think that she's amazing to follow on social media. And I don't know why. Is she is she funny like on Instagram? Well, I, I don't know if it's funny, funny, but she's interesting. She has interesting takes on things. She does things. She's a big uh, fan. She has like horses and stuff. But you know, it's it's funny. Maybe it's because horses. She's neurotic and I'm neurotic, and it, you know, she, she has yeah. stuff that she says that actually touches you know me. I'm like, oh yeah, I get that. You probably would not. Super neurotic. Hmm. Yeah. It resonates with you. You get her on a deeper yes. level. Yes, mm. I think so. But- <laughs> I liked it when she was dating Peter Berg. I miss him. I miss them. I liked both of those shows that you mentioned that you didn't like. Undateable, I thought was great. I loved that it was live. I waited Always for exciting. Sh- I waited for shit to go sideways. I love that they had a live band that was playing in there. I love that as a Howard Stern fan, they had a flat Ronnie that they would prop up in the audience. Same. I I loved all of it. And then when it was gone, I get really attached. And then then when they're gone, I get sad that I, I have to give other... I have to get other shows a chance. I don't. I like what I like. Leave me alone. I never said you shouldn't like what you like. I just said I don't no, like it, was, it. It wasn't at you. Who was I was telling like, you not to like it. Yeah, no. No, so, but but they're taking it away. You know? So, I know. I know. No, I don't That's, like that. I know. I, want, I agree. I want you to keep my show. I've gotten invested in so many shows that have not stuck around, and it makes me furiously angry. It's not fair. They're like, only a million people are watching. It. It's like, yeah, but it's a million people watching it. Like, what the frig? Yeah, we fair. just talked about The Mick. We're like, oh, I love that show, The Mick. Canceled. Like, you're kidding me. They just put one of the characters in a coma. And I want to see what happens with that with that crazy family. And now it's over. It's done. They don't care about me. I saw uh, the David Letterman with Howard Stern when Howard Stern yeah. came out. Yeah. A really good show. Really good interview. It was nice to see Howard in that kind of, you know, I guess. And, you know, it's funny. He, I think in that show, he said something that, you know, because I, I kind of said that I wasn't a fan of the show anymore. And he, he's right. He's like, you know what? I'm just being me. And he's 67 now? 64. 
64. He's, 60, he's 64 Howard? now? Yeah. Yep. So, you 64. know, are you sure? Yeah. I think he's 67. Let no, I check. just heard him this morning on his show. He's 64. Oh. He was talking to Dennis Rodman. He's 64. Oh, and you're yeah, right. right. Yeah. He addressed, John just talked about it. I saw it yesterday. And he addressed everything you said, John. I was wondering if you saw his show. Really? Go ahead. Yeah. So he, yeah. you know, he said, look, I'm 64 years old now. And what I did at 60, you know, 64 and 44 are totally, I'm a totally different guy at 64 at 44. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. But I, you know what? Then change the whole show. Don't have those minions running in and out being unfunny, you know, with the the reason why he has the minions is because they're the ones that are the same age as the people listening, not him. If it was just him, it would be about aches and pains and farting all day. Like he's 65 years old. He's 65 years old. And having wet pants after you pee, all of his urine drops. Like we would hear 64 year old problems. Like a 44 year old was like hip and whatever. And like, that's what, Richard, not Ronnie, but that's what Richard and JD, that's what they all bring to the table is the fact that, like, that's the age of their audience still. Like, my father doesn't listen to Howard Stern. They're the same age. Holy cow. And you want to hear. Sal still suck it. I hate You want to hear yeah. a train wreck. You ought to Sal. listen to Stutter and John's podcast. Holy. Oh, yeah. How can anyone named Stuttering John podcast? I mean, I, I've heard him speak many times, so like I'm very familiar with him. But what an idiot move is to have a podcast when you can't barely speak. Well, he was the announcer of the Tonight Show. Yeah, not for long. Not that long. <laughs> that that didn't last. I wonder why. That was why. a bad idea, yeah. It's not just his stutter. His stutter kind of gave it a little humor, but he's an idiot. Like you have you have you need yeah. you need you need Stubborn material. Idiot. You need you can't just be cute and have injured. You need solid material and he just never had that. Yeah, Howard was funny. his material. Howard gave him a platform to be himself because Howard brought up, but no, that didn't last. I would never listen to his podcast unless you told me that it was great. And then I would give it a chance. But I just assume not having yeah. any content to yourself, like, why would I come to your podcast? Pamela Anderson. Pamela Anderson. Yeah, that's right. Speaking of Howard, um, Melissa, do you have anyone this week you wanted to talk about that you hate? Oh, my PIH segment, my new segment? Yes, I, yeah. of course. Well, I want to ask you, I have tons of people I hate segments, but Stuart told me that I'm too negative. Is that? I said I'm just, I'm just enough negative. What are you talking about too like negative? Like on the show or always? Well, well, my new segments are not that you asked me, but and here are people I hate. He's like anything positive. I'm like, no, That's not interesting. <laughs> I I don't have anything positive. Um, yes, I have that people I make hate. Interesting radio, or you know what I mean. I thought I, the uh, ladies, uh, the kid that f- broke the statue. I thought that was part of the people I hate. That's not. Oh, oh, parents who don't parent their kids. Parents yeah. who. Yeah, that's, that's exactly one. That's exactly one. Yes. But I was really just asking, should she pay? Thinking to myself, yes, yeah, she should pay. She wasn't watching her kid. You should definitely pay. You brought that kid here. Um, but I wanted to know your opinion. People I hate. How about people who take their shoes off everywhere? Like on the airplane I was just sitting on and then start playing with their feet and then pass you your cup of whatever you got to drink. <gasps> what, what? What? Wait a minute. All right. Socks on or just bare feet, hairy no. toes? Bare feet, sandals on the plane, crisscrossy legs, hand holding your feet while you're sitting down, and then the tray comes by and they and they say, "Would you like something to drink?" And you say, "Yeah, I'd, I'd like a ginger ale or a water or I don't know oh, if you're no, going to hand me that." To pass and then they the... take that 
foot hand that they were just holding and they passed. Could you leave your fucking shoes on for two hours and 23 minutes, please? I did not realize you needed to let the dogs out. I do sometimes take my shoes off, but I don't touch my feet. Hey, Toe Jam, take your hand off my soda. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, no, thank you. I do not want that cup. I've se- I mean, what do you say? And you were stuck next to them. You were stuck with whatever. You just whatever take sh- it and pray for death. See, I would turn to him <laughs> halfway through the flight. I would turn to him and say, I bet every sandwich you eat tastes like feet. Ugh. What is that? Thanks for this cup. I hope we crush. I hope we crush. I cannot possibly. Yeah. I mean, I pull, you pull out your own little Purell and cover yourself from head to toe. I don't have that anymore, but I, I used to carry it when my kids were little. Now I figure you could use whatever. Yeah, that's gross. It's just gross. People are fucking gross. I have another one. I've got lots of them. I hate oh. most people. This is the easiest segment to write. It writes itself. It does write itself. I, I was thinking about, oh my God, I almost stole it from my show. It's amazing. And then the other thing is the people I hate is people that do things for them when they think they're doing things for you. Like, in other words, I don't want to go to breakfast at a diner on Father's Day. I have no interest in any of that. I mean, you want to take me to breakfast for Father's Day sometime during the week or something, you know, on a weekend. It's not going to be crazy like that. I'm okay. But in Otherwise, other words, for that is to- not enjoyable for me. Why are you making me sit through something that's not enjoyable in my name? Right. If you want to do something for me, ask me and I'll tell you. Okay, don't do things for you. And then if you turn them down, they're like, well, yeah, I tried to do I tried to do this for him. I tried to do that for him. Not one thing that I would like. But I'm the asshole. You know, you're not. I wasn't angry at Scott for... Um, I wasn't talking about you. I was talking about my I know. I heard everything you said. But I'm just saying, like, I agree with you. I asked him. He changed his mind. I didn't give him shit about it. Like, I was just like, I agree with you. I think people who are just like, you know, what would be really great for you is <laughs> if I come over and use your laundry, just as a side note, and then... <laughs> We can talk about X, Y, and Z for you. We could talk about how I could steal more stuffing from inside your turkey. How I can uh-huh. steal your chicken bones. And your bones. So I've decided, well, I got in a big fight with someone this week for doing something that I invented. Ooh. And uh, yeah, it was the whole, so this person who will remain nameless. Damn. This person was rude to me for no reason. I was trying to help this person by asking if they still needed me to run an errand. And so I called this person and said, do you still need the errand run? And they were just like, no, I'll just fucking turn around and hung the phone. <gasps> Again? Or is this the same story from no, last it's the week? the same story. Okay, I got that. All right. Oh, it has to be the same story as last week because I forgot that we didn't record on Monday and that's when this happened was last Monday, this last Monday. Thank you for reminding me. So, well, so the next day, I'll give you the update. So the next day, this person writes me a text and says, I know that you don't know what's going on with me because you asked me not to talk about this or that, but I was having a really, you know, I wasn't feeling well and I was having a really bad day and I'm really sorry you got offended by all my drama or my whatever. And I was like, you know what? No. How about you grow up act like an adult and apologize for what you did that's wrong not an apology that was instead an apology. of my feelings 
I said, I fucking invented this trick. Don't pull that shit with me. I know this trick. I'm a communications major. I can fucking tell when someone's apologizing. I'm sorry you're upset. I'm sorry you're upset. I had Uh, to invent I'm sorry you're upset because I can't be responsible for an overly sensitive spouse. So I had to start doing the whole, I did not mean to upset you and I'm sorry that you're upset. I can't be sorry for putting my laundry in because I'm not. You know what I mean? Like, just whatever it was that I did. Like, I couldn't always apologize for the thing I did wrong because it was really more about how he was feeling than what I did wrong. In this case, she did something wrong. And I'm not going to hear, sorry, you got offended. Then when I go to explain why that wasn't a good enough apology, she was like, I'm not reading your text because all it's going to be about is how much of an asshole I am and how I do everything wrong. And I was like, "Okay, don't read it. I said, but I've said I'm explaining to you why I'm upset. Then she tries to call me. I don't answer the phone. I said, read what I said. I don't feel like repeating it. I'm not going to repeat it for you. My I thumbs work very is... hard. My thumbs work very hard putting that down for you. Please do not. I said, no, but it's not just that. I said, plus, that's just an opportunity for you to hang up on me. I know that trick as well. The passive aggressiveness is so strong in this whole thing. You're going to yell in my ear and then hang up. I already texted you how I feel. Read it and then call me if you want. And we haven't spoken since. It's been beautiful. I think. I think what's crazy is the only people you still need to deal with this bullshit with are family members. And that's and that's even something I don't feel like I still need to deal with. But there are so few people that you really need to. I take this shit that I still have to deal with it. And then when other people ask me, like, what are you going to do at family events? I'm like, I'm sure I'll either ignore this person or be civil. Well, what about if this person babysits for you a lot? Or what about if this person is in your life for this or that? I'm like, listen, I have friends. I'm not worried about it. I have, you know, I have something coming up where I need a babysitter for a longer period of time. My father said he would be happy to come up. Case closed. I do feel like there's a real apology coming because... You would hope so, but maybe not. She didn't talk to her. This person did not talk to her own parent for three years. And I can't tell you how many times I said to her, you better offer a true apology. I said, for the way that you behaved in the car this day. I said, you were out of line. He and I were trying to. I said, I was in the, I was in the car when the rift happened. So I was like, I was there. You were out of line. Have you said you were sorry? Well, I wished him happy birthday. But and I'm like, that's not an apology. And I'll tell you something, I'm on the verge too, where it's like, even if there is a true apology, I don't really want this person in my life as often because this is also another kind of person I hate, someone who is so busy talking about their drama that it's just constant word vomit in your direction. Like you're only there to hear drama. You're not there to provide friendship. Adv- I mean, maybe advice since that's the whole thing. But like it's mostly like just constant update on every little thing that's going on with that person. And then consequently, they don't know anything that's going on with you, nor do they care. I don't want friends like that either. I don't care about that. Yeah, they're called family, but okay, that's true. You this don't need person, friends like that. A- this person I asked specifically not to tell me about daughter drama because yeah. I was like, I, it's making me relive it. I don't want to. So right. so the day we got in an argument, that was thrown in my face. 
you don't know anything that's happening with me because you asked me not to tell me your drama. That's right. And today's not the best day to start. I still don't want to hear it. Still don't tell me. Why do I need to know? 40 years old. You know, I don't need to hear everything that's going on with you. I don't even know what drama I could use as an example to say I don't tell you about X because I don't have any drama anymore. But if I did, I wouldn't tell her. So there are boundaries. So this person does not deal well with boundaries. Correct. People don't understand, again, my stay in your lane kind of theory. Yeah. I'm not also dealing with anyone that's codependent anymore. I'm going to just nip that in the bud. All these people that you're cutting out. In the bud. All these people you're cutting out are family members. Like, there's nobody in the world who, I, I guess, for I'm me, I'm not they related would be, to them. I know, but for me, they would be family. There's no, I don't have any of those relationships anymore. I don't have any of that drama anymore. What, what are you saying? Because you cut out your family? No, I probably don't have any friends. I, I have some friends, and I just, they just don't, I just don't get that kind of drama. So when we do eventually wind up going out for a meal, I want to hear everything. Like, there's no kid drama. I don't want to hear, I want to hear everything. So I've, I've shaved like a, like at the Mediterranean snack bar okay. in Huntington, New York, the big thing of lamb that's hanging there that they shave off of for your gyro. I am just shaving that big flank of meat. I am just shaving away. At all of these people. Here's the equivalent. What if you and I, the three of us, started this podcast and then every time Isaac pissed me off, I texted you guys about it. Or every time Scott was not going to go out to dinner because he didn't feel well, I texted you about it and complained about it. Or every time I feel fat, I text you guys and complain about it. That's what I'm dealing with. Like every single time, multiple times a day. Now that we have this podcast and we're best friends, you get to hear about every time my kid doesn't listen and my husband doesn't want to leave the house. Those are my two big things that bother me, right? My kid doesn't listen and my husband has a hard time leaving the house. So it's hard. First of all, it's not really drama. But if all I did was complain, period, wouldn't you be like, we are done here? You get nothing out of that friendship. Please tell me something you do in your day that gives you joy. Please tell me I don't no. have to talk to you and think this is the most miserable human that has ever lived. I never lived. get it. She can't even pick up takeout without complaining about how it was like fucking packaged. It's nothing is sufficient. Nothing. The job is terrible. The money is terrible. The boys are terrible. The daughter is terrible. The house is terrible. Everything is terrible. I do have a friend who's super negative like that. Are they still your friend? They are, but I see less. I, I, I see less of them. Okay. I see less of them because I, I don't know. I, I think I told you before. It's one of those I'm a better parent when I hang out with better parents. I am more positive when I hang out with positive people. Sometimes I'll go home and be like, did you hear that bitch? She's shitting rainbows. But, <laughs> but it doesn't kill you to be more positive. So, I mean, there are two tacks you could take. Yeah. I'm done. Get the fuck out of here. Or I'm done with the situation. Or, or just... Okay, that's fine. Or you can start just sh- – Stuart and I, when we do things, it's usually as couples, so I'll just start like shitting rainbows on people. Isn't it lovely? And he'll look at me like, who the fuck are you? Because he knows how negative I am on the regular. So for me to say just come out with super positivity, he knows I've already hit a wall with these people and I must be – to speak at all, I'm going to be positive because I have to try to – counterbalance especially as isaac is growing up you want him to only hear my biggest fear that negative 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 raining down on him he's that is not at all he told me last time he was there that um that that he she was screaming at her kid about a pink shirt i mean i 
I mean, it was all garbledygook. It was garbledygook, but it was like, it was like, da 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 da. He understood. Da 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 da. Pink shirt. Da 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 da. She didn't have it. Da 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 da. Mad. So mad. He Hurt understood. My ears. And I was like, what the fuck? The way my dog was in a house that told her she was ugly and fat and this dog I got was broken when I got her, our last rescue, when she hears our voices, do you think she drops to the ground and cringes like she did when we met her? She, you're like, and I said to the, the breeder, she under, she can hear you. Shut the, shut up already. But I had to mm-hmm. be nice because I wanted to take her dog. So mm-hmm. kids get whether he completely understood what she was pissed about or just the tone of what she was saying. Yeah. He no, she knew that. what she was mad about, but I just I'm I thought it was funny that she ratted he ratted her out. I oh, that's that the good. other thing. They they get everything. They absorb everything and he will tell you. <laughs> no matter where he goes. Yeah, Mommy today. He tell me. Today at Cher, um, so-and-so's right. mom's boyfriend said, blah, 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 blah. Yes, yeah. it's the best. The it's court reporter. the best. He, I call that the court reporter syndrome. I love it. Tell well, me so everything. the question is, okay, so I do have a family event this weekend. And the question is, I mean, I can't skip it. It's in Bar Mitzvah. It's RSVP. So like I go, do I try and leave early? Do I talk to this person? Do I not talk to this person? Do I just get wasted and trash the place? What's your, what's your, what's your, well, uh, initially it was get wasted and trash the place. That was my first thought when we started it's talking. It's not a bad idea. Podcast. That has happened at previous Bar Mitzvahs, but it wasn't um, me. Is Scott going with you? Mm-hmm. He is. Mm-hmm. All three of you are going? Cause Isaac's Isaac is, going. oh, he's not. Okay, so I I think it's a wait and see kind of thing. You have to see, you might get the apology. You might go in there defensive and be like, fuck this shit, and you will get an apology. Look, Jess, I'm sorry for the way I've been the last few days. I'm going through stuff. I'm working through it. I will do better, which is probably what you need to hear, by the way. I will do better. I'm sorry. I will do better. Um, But I would play it by ear. What about you, John? Any recommendations? I would just ignore her. I would stay out of her way. I would stay, if she was on the left side of the room, I would go to the right side of the room. What if we're at the same table? Then I wouldn't talk. I wouldn't just. Don't do- sit down. <laughs> Don't sit down. I sit on the opposite side of the table. Yeah. If you're sitting at the table, try to sit as far away as you can and try not to engage. I'll go with you. I would love that. Yeah. She would get, the, she'll get the message and then either she'll turn around or she won't. And then again, I mean, you are the five, you know, that, that statement, you are the five people you hang around. Don't let her. Knock you down 20%. I know this frightens the shit out of me, actually. Right. You know, I have a family member does the same thing. Every time they call, it's a bitch, 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 the whole time. And you're like, dude, I got things to do. First of all, I don't care. I don't care about any of this. I don't know that you are the five people. What, what? You are the summation of the five people closest to you. And if that's you true, hang around the most. I'm quite embarrassed about who I'm the summation of. At this moment, anyway. Where did you hear that? Where does that come from? It's a known thing. People always say that you are the sum of the five people you're closest to. Okay. Um, yeah, that's probably why I cut out that. I Like I said, I'm a better parent when I'm hanging out with good, kind, sweet parents, which isn't my go-to. I'm a very realistic, cautious, but to be around people who are a little fluffier and a little nicer and a little rainbow shittier, um, it, it it's helps me be a better person. I married Stuart because he makes me a better person. My negative and his ridiculous positive make us, you know, a very base, solid pair. So yeah, I can totally see that. And now I'm going to make a list of the five people with whom I spend most of my time and then see how true that is. Wow. And upsetting. Ugh. 
I knew that was coming. Fair. Yeah. Well, listen, this has been delightful, but I think we've run out of things to say. Unless oh, we didn't do the advice, but we can do that next time. You got it. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Brilliant Observations podcast. If you would like to find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, you can find us at Listen Brilliant. You can also send us email, brilliantobservations at gmail.com. That is the pod shell in a nutcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Melissa and John, thank you so much for showing up and giving us your funniest information. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you.